Pastor Chris's podcast. So we are in the midst of a series of sermons about the transforming power of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When we believe in Jesus Christ and choose to follow him as our Lord, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside us. And the Holy Spirit gives each of us a gift, a special ability to use to serve God in the church to help transform our world. Romans chapter 12 verses 6 through 8 teaches about seven of those spiritual gifts. Prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, and leadership. And as we've gone through this series about the spiritual gifts together, I've been remembering the transforming robot toys that I played with as a boy. The Transformers. And somebody is so awesome. I don't even know who did it, but I got here this morning and somebody had put these transforming robots, these transformers up here on the pulpit. Um, and I, that is just so cool that uh, somebody found those. Um, these are two of the Autobots. And this is one of the, the Dinobots who changes into a dinosaur. And they even brought up a book here, um, Adventures of the Transformers. And it's wonderful. It's, a, it's on a juvenile level, so I ought to be able to understand it. Lots of pictures. And um, really easy read. So this would be a great book for a child to read and to enjoy learning or just enjoy the stories of the, the Transformers. Uh, I would watch the Transformers cartoon series when I was a boy. I'd get home from school, sit down and, and watch the cartoons on TV. And um, then I would get my, my uh, Transformers that my mom had given me and, and we would play with the toys and, and just make up my own stories. But now I'm not a little boy anymore. I, I have grown up some, somewhat. Um, and, and so has the Transformers series. What started out as a cartoon has changed and morphed into a, a more mature, so to speak, uh, series. So what started out as uh, simple cartoon drawings of the Transformers on the television, but has grown up into... Uh, sophisticated CGI-laden movies on the big screens. Uh, it used to look so simple, and now it has grown to be so realistic that you can hardly tell the difference between what's real and what's, you know, computer-generated graphics. Uh, um, you know, if you didn't know that cars <laughs> didn't turn into robots and things like that, you would, you would look at that and you'd think, wow, that's amazing how they can get the details so real in the animation. The toy makers at Hasbro, the creators of the Transformers, are marketing geniuses. I don't know if you, you think about this, but they are marketing geniuses. See, they know that all those little boys back from the 1980s who played with the, the cartoon Transformers, they are all grown up now, and they have a little bit of money in their pocket, and they can go to the movies, and they can watch these stories that they watched as a child, but, but they want to... You know, they want to see something that's a little more mature than what they, they saw when they were a kid back in the 80s. And so they've adapted their Transformers into a movie format that appeals to someone my age who, who maybe wants to see an, the intense action and the realistic graphics paired with the toys that we played with as children. Unfortunately, though the graphics have matured quite a bit, the movies are still pretty immature. 
They have a paper-thin plot line that's filled with cheesy one-liners that might have sounded cool to a little boy, but, you know, not necessarily to a 45-year-old man. Although there are some 45-year-old men out there that, that still like those cheesy, those cheesy one-liners. But the movies are full of pretty girls and cool cars and action-packed sequences like the one we watched. But there's no real meat or substance in the plot line. It's just, a, it's just a, an action movie that you watch for fun. The Transformers are probably not going to win an Oscar, you know, for their, uh, film, their cinematic uh, greatness. But they still can be still fun to watch. But what has all of this got to do with the transforming power of Jesus Christ? I'm glad you asked. Our faith has to grow. It has to mature. It has to mature much better than the Transformers movies have over the years. Listen to the word of God from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who are, who, through chaining, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. This is the word of God for the people of God. So um, here in Hebrews, the writer is, is scolding uh, a congregation that really has been Christians for a long time, but they haven't grown, they haven't matured in their faith. And that, sometimes that's, that's, a, that's a word that describes many congregations in our time. This scripture makes it clear that we are to grow and we are to mature as Christians. And our growth is much more than just the outer appearance. It's much more than just changing from being a cartoon to being a CGI. It's much more than just how we look. It has to do with our mind and our spirit. These things, our mind and spirit must mature. Thankfully, God has given some the spiritual gift of teaching to help us all grow and mature. Teaching is the God-given ability to clearly communicate the truths and applications of the Bible in such a way that others will learn. People with the spiritual gift of teaching might say things like, I enjoy research. I enjoy studying. I enjoy analyzing everything. I like to read. I like to help others to learn. I get excited about the things that I'm learning and I want others to learn it too. These are some of the things that, that a spiritually gifted teacher might say. A spiritually gifted teacher has a passion for God's word. They love reading and learning the Bible, and then they love to share what they are learning with others. They believe in the transforming power of scripture because they have seen it in their own lives and they want others to experience it too. Spiritually gifted teachers know what to teach. They focus on the Bible because they know that Scripture is the living Word of God. And it is the foundation of all Christian belief and practice. 
Therefore, they favor the wisdom of God in Scripture over the teaching of man. That doesn't mean necessarily that they will only teach the Bible by reading it line by line and chapter by chapter and verse by verse. A gifted teacher instead knows how to mine the God's truth that is in the Bible and then teach it in ways that the average person can understand and use in their practical life. They might even use silly toys to try to, uh, as props, to try to help people to, to remember their lessons and to sort of hang what's being taught in their mind. Spiritually gifted teachers know how to communicate ideas in an organized manner. They are always thinking, how can I get people to remember this? How can I get people to understand? One of the great challenges for teachers is keeping their lessons simple. Because for themselves, they love to go into the deep end of the pool and to uh, go into God's Word and really dig into it. They love and they're fascinated by all the interesting facts and ideas that they can find there. But the best teachers realize not everyone has their same uh, passion for these little details. Not everybody's interested in that. And if they overwhelm their students... Then they won't get. Then their students won't get anything out of their lesson. They'll just uh, let it go in one ear and out the other. And so, gifted teachers find creative ways to make their lessons deep enough to provide real meat, but simple enough that people can get it. And one of their greatest joys is seeing people get it when somebody um, listens to their lesson and they learn something new that they didn't know before and they remember it and maybe even see how they can apply it to their life. That really, really makes uh, a teacher happy. Spiritually gifted teachers hate it when Scripture is twisted or misused. You see, they want sound teaching because they know how, how easily people can be misled. And they know the damage that is done when people follow bad teaching. That's why they are so diligent to do their very best to teach well and found their teaching upon the eternal truths of God found in the Bible. And it really disturbs them when they see other teachers spreading false teaching that twists and corrupts God's Word. And so they do their very best to counter that by offering good teaching that they know won't deceive people, but will uh, counteract those that might try to deceive them. Now, we need spiritually gifted teachers in the church, desperately. Americans in the 21st century do not know the Bible. Show the next slide there, Benny. Here's some statistics. Now, in the 21st century, Americans... Don't know the Bible. Although 85% of people in America own a Bible, only 51% or 51% can't name four Gospels. Four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 51% over half of the nation can't tell you that. 60% can't name five out of the Ten Commandments. We argue about whether we ought to post the Ten Commandments 
in our courthouses or teach them in our schools and we argue about this and we argue about that and yet over half of the country doesn't even know five out of the Ten Commandments. And in Pleasant Grove United Methodist Church, we can't find someone to teach an adult Sunday school class. Sherry and I were talking about that this, this last week. You know, we, we wanted to have a class for young adults and we've been praying about and thinking about who could teach that class, but we haven't been able to find the right person. So maybe God is laying on your heart that um, these young adults who have a wonderful time when they're in high school and then they graduate from high school and they graduate out of our youth program and we really don't have anything for them in the church until you know they have kids and they, they start... Uh, uh, going to some of the older adult classes. We need people that have the spiritual gift of teaching to step up and be teachers. Because when people don't know the truth of God's word, they are susceptible to the enemy. They'll just, you know, they listen to, if, if we're not teaching them God's truth, then they'll just listen to whatever the world says and they'll take it. And the world doesn't always have their best interest at heart. So we've got to give them the truth that's found in God's word. And we also need people who are hungry to learn. Are you learning, growing, and maturing? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. That's God's word. Man, it cuts to the heart sometimes. We don't want to be like babies, do we? We want to grow and we want to mature. We don't want to stay like the, the immature Transformers cartoon that's good for kids, but just doesn't speak to adults. I don't even want to be like the, the, the new movies that they have come out that are so full of action and cool graphics but really don't have any substance in the storyline. I want to be deep in my relationship with God. I hope you want to be deep too. How do we get there? Well, all of you are here today. You're here in worship and that is good. I try every Sunday. I try and I pray and I study and I and I. And I Think about how can I teach something, preach something that I want you, to, if you're going to give up your time to be here on Sunday morning, I want you to get something when you're here that you're glad that you came. I want the service to truly be meaningful for you. But I'll tell you, it's challenging because here I stand on the stage and I look out at a congregation with all different kinds of people, all different ages. And uh, there's some people here today that need milk. And there's some people here today that needs steak. And there's everything in between. But I only get to preach one, one sermon. So i got to try to broadcast it in such a way that it, it, it meets everybody from the milk people to the meat people. And there's only so much you can do. So being here is good. But what about studying on your own? Asking the Lord to speak to you right where you are. Picking up your Bible and, and dusting it off and opening it. And reading what is it that God is saying to you. And, and really digging into it and trying to understand what is it that you need. We all need to be learning 
on our own, even as we are coming to church to learn. But even more importantly than that, how important it is that you are involved in some kind of small group study. 10 to 20 people, 5 to 10 to 20 people, where you get together and you can study God's Word together. Because you can be much more intentional in a small group. It can, it can meet you right where you are and right where you need to be ministered to. You can learn exactly what you need. And you can have chance to ask questions and discuss with people and really dig into the Word. You know, when you read the Bible on your own, it's good. And we ought to do it. But you get so much more out of your study when you do it with other people. Because a lot of times we don't even know the questions to ask. Let's say like on Thursday mornings with our Bible study. You know, we'll go in there and, and I'll think I've read this passage, you know, a hundred times. And I know what it means. And then somebody will make a comment or ask a question that I never thought about. And it brings a whole new level of understanding to it. We need each other. To study scripture together. We get so much more out of it. So I encourage you. If you don't want to be like a baby. Who needs milk. And you want to begin to grow and to mature. Be involved in a small group. Sunday school class. Or some other kind of small group study. And so as we close the message today. I want to give an invitation. It's a threefold invitation. First of all. I. I want you to prayerfully think about, is God calling you to be a teacher? Has the Holy Spirit given you the gift of teaching? And are you using it? Because we desperately need good teachers. Secondly, it's, an it's a call for students to learn. We need people who are hungry to learn and to grow and to mature, who are coming to the studies. So that they can grow and be all that, want, that God wants them to be. And third, is this an open call? Because I don't know um, what the Lord might have said to you today. Uh, but maybe the Lord has spoken to you in one way or another. This altar is open for you to come. And to answer God's call to you. Whether it's a call to teach. Whether it's a call to learn. Or whether it's a call for something else. And I hope that you will come. And you will respond to what the Lord has said to you today. Spend some time in prayer and um, meet the Lord right where he is.